Welcome back to the latest edition of Process This with Madeline Demas. Today's topic, the 14th Amendment. Hi everyone, welcome back. As you know, today we're going to be discussing America's 14th, so let's jump right in, shall we? The topic of Roe vs. Wade has come up so often in the news recently, but my question is, do people really know the history of the trial in the first place? Roe v. Wade was considered a landmark Supreme Court case in 1973 after it established a woman's right to an abortion. The court, which ruled in a 7-2 unanimous decision, stated abortions were protected by the privacy rights under the 14th Amendment. Today, most opinion polls show that Americans prefer that women are able to have abortions in the early stages of their pregnancy, free of any government interference. One interesting perspective I would like to dive into today is Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the U.S. Supreme Court. Ginsburg once said on the topic of abortions that it is essential to women's equality with man that she be the decision maker, that her choice be controlling. And if you impose restraints that impede her choice, you are disadvantaging her because of her sex. Ginsburg has also stated very strongly that she believed it would have been easier for the public to understand why the Constitution protected abortion rights if the matter had been framed as one of equal protection rather than privacy. However, men such as Richard Doflinger However, men such as Richard Doerflinger a former associate director of pro-life activities at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and current fellow at the University of Notre Dame, Central for Ethics and Culture, believes it is unlikely that Roe would be overturned all at once. He believes that the, if the bill was overturned, it would only lead to a heated discussion on both sides rather than a wipeout of women's rights completely. It all depends on the state, says Dorflinger. On the other hand, there's men such as Ronald A. Klain writing for the Washington Post that argue the court has been weakening Roe for years, starting off with rejecting a right to abortion access for poor women, going on to upholding restrictions on women's rights to choose, and even allowing so-called crisis pregnancy centers to mislead women about their choices. My only question is why are these grown men making decisions and giving unasked-for opinions on the topic of women's bodies at all? And now, a word from our sponsors. Do you have kids and a wife that would love to have fun one weekend and have a great, memorable family time? Well, then you should come see Shrek the Musical, premiering March 1st through March 3rd. And on Sundays, our great console theater company is even offering a chance for kids to come meet and take pictures with the cast. That's right, your kids could get pictures with Shrek, Donkey, Farquaad, and our lovely Fiona. Who doesn't want a perfect Christmas card of that? So make it down to see Shrek the Musical performed by our very own console theater company, March 1st through 3rd. Now back to the regularly scheduled program. Welcome back, welcome back. We're going to shift our focus point real fast because we've just received news that the president has declared he's trying to end birthright citizenship. And for those of you who don't know, that is a serious breach in the 14th Amendment. From what our sources here at Process This Podcast are telling us, President Trump has been quoted saying, It was always told to me that you needed a constitutional amendment. Guess what? You don't. 
Well, you can definitely do it with an act of Congress, but now they're saying I can do it with just an executive order. Peter Schnack, probably the most prominent advocate of the idea that birthright citizenship is not conveyed by the Constitution to children of parents who are living illegally in the U.S., he's even commented and said, Trump clearly cannot act. He says that he feels confident that no lawyer, no competent lawyer, would advise him otherwise. This is just pre-election policies, sorry, pre-election politics and misinterpretation and should be sharply criticized as such. Trump has also gone on to state that we're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous, and it has to end. Folks, I believe it's time for a fact check because that is just not true. The U.S. is among about 30 countries where birthright citizenship, the principle of just solely or the right of soil, is applied according to the World Atlas and other sources. Most other countries confer citizenship based on if that at least one parent or right of blood have a modified form of birthright citizenship that may restrict automatic citizenship of to children of parents who are on their territory legally. Also, Trump's view that U.S.-born children of foreigners live a lifetime of taking all those benefits, as he's once said, and he ignores that they pay taxes, do the work, and they um, big make big contributions to society in America. Current Speaker of the House Paul Ryan has entered the conversation now saying that that's just not true and Trump cannot end birthright citizenship which Trump replied with a harsh treat, saying Paul Ryan should be focusing on holding the majority rather than giving his opinions on birthright citizenship, something he knows nothing about. Our new Republican majority will work on this, closing the immigration loopholes and securing our border. All Ryan had to say back was, you cannot end birthright citizenship with an executive order. Trump is arguing that the issue of birthright citizenship is much less complex than people think, and he is saying that he could change this law by simply making it a vote in Congress or an executive order. Trump, has, his tweets earlier last Wednesday, um, once said that it'll flow one way or another, and the issue would ultimately be decided by the Supreme Court. It is seen here that in a couple of Trump's latest tweets, he has highlighted a view expressed by the then-Senator Harry M. Reid from 1993, saying that many scholars agree that the Democrats were insane and started with the open borders. However, Reid has responded to that tweet in a statement saying that he'd previously been wrong on the issue. Stating, in 1993, around the time Donald Trump was gobbling up tax-free inheritance money from his wealthy father and driving several companies into bankruptcy, I made a mistake. Reed goes on to say, immigrants are the lifeblood of our nation. They are the power and our strength. You know, folks, I think I want to make another shift and look at some of the numbers that we have. See, it says here in my notes that 
More than 4 million children are born in the United States live here with at least one undocumented parent, according to the latest numbers from a nonpartisan Migration Policy Institute. These children um, seem to be the U.S. citizens due to birthright citizenship provision of the 14th Amendment. Right here it says about 55% of those children live with one undocumented parent or two undocumented parents. The remaining 45% live with one undocumented parent and another who is here legally. One thing my studies have shown is actually that illegal immigration to the U.S. is on the decline, and the number of undocumented immigrants in the U.S. peaked during the mid-2000s mid and has continued falling since. As a result of the number of babies born in the U.S. each year due to undocumented immigrants is also declining. After steady increases through the 1980s, the figure peaked in 2007 at 370,000 births. Since then, the numbers have been falling, according to the Pew Research Center. But do the repeals create new issues? It says here that there is another wrinkle. Undocumented immigrants who are already in the United States would just continue to have babies, even if birthright citizenship goes away. Instead of becoming citizens, those kids would become undocumented without even crossing any borders at all. So it kind of defeats the purpose of taking away birthright citizenship. Repealing birthright citizenship would just cause the number of undocumented immigrants to more than double by 4.7 million by 2050. This is according to a 2015 study co-authored by Fix and other scholars. As non-citizens, non these, these 4.7 million people would stop receiving government benefits like Medicaid and in-state tuition at public universities. But Fix has pointed out that they also would be forced into the underground economy, which in reality doesn't serve anyone's best interests, whether you're legal here in America legally or illegally. Also, according to some numbers nationwide, 62% of people believe that the law should stand, according to a Maristat poll from September of 2015. 60% of Americans opposed changing the Constitution to repeal the birthright provision, according to the Pew Research Center survey of October 2015. However, however, here at the Process This podcast, we would like to hear your opinion on this topic. So go to our Facebook page and leave a comment under our segment of the 14th Amendment. Did we cover everything that you wanted? Do you have any more comments on our Road versus Wade? If the topic of the 14th Amendment continues, who knows, maybe our podcast will be on that this week. Um, you got to make sure that you go out and vote in our elections on uh, Tuesday, November 6th. Uh, this has been Madeline Dimas at the Process This Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.